Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. <gasps> yeah, I'm Simone de Rochefort, supervising video producer at Polygon, and I'm joined today by Brianna Wu, executive director of Rebellion Pack. Uh, victorious victorious. of Rebellion Pack who helped win Wisconsin yesterday, so pretty Yay! proud of that. yeah. Do you, what, for people, for those of us who are not in Wisconsin or not tracking Wisconsin politics, what, what's the victory that's been won there? Oh my God. So it was, this was the biggest SCOTUS race in American history. Wow. Uh, there was more money flowing in. Uh, this race basically uh, was about women's access to uh, reproductive health care, uh, but additionally, it was about uh, gerrymandering. Uh, so by uh, winning this race, we are ensuring a fair electoral map for 2024. Heck yes. And it could uh, very well uh, win the 2024 election, meaning people are going to have to actually follow uh, who wins uh, the uh, in the Whoa. electoral college and not do like uh, schemes and back channels. <laughs> who who would have thought that? Wow, we'd have to actually follow who won an election. Yeah, yeah. that's nuts. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. It was hard fought. So we have a great show for you today. I'm going to do a couple quick updates at the top. But first, let me run through that roadmap. We're going to be talking about some exciting new gaming hardware rumors. Yes, that's right. It will be a delightful and uh, <laughs> totally unfounded uh, rumor chat. And following that, uh, Brianna and I are going to talk a little bit about ChatGPT and yes. what we are now seeing the first ChatGPT defamation lawsuits coming out of the woodwork. Then we're going to wrap things up with the Barbie trailer, of course, which uh, the second trailer for that and the first one that actually shows plot, really, if you could call it that, just came out this week. We'll be talking about that. And our boosties, our beloved premium subscribers uh, who get an ad-free show, are also getting a bonus segment where we are discussing uh, Quibi again. We're going back to the Quibi well, but with a... um, there, there's been another victim of Quibi, not just my uh, teammates who were laid off of the Quibi show that I worked on, disclaimer. Someone else has been deeply hurt by Quibi, and we're going to talk about that in our post-show bonus segment. Do they really matter, though? I mean, do I really? I My I teammates? Will, I'm, no, I'm a professional, and I'm just saying with this story, it's hard for me to care about oh. people that are not Simone and her team, right? So, you're right. You're saying the opposite of my teammates don't matter. Yes. You're saying that there should be news stories written about us. That's right. And not about these people that we're going right. to talk about. That's correct. Uh, so so true. Thank you for being a champion of the people always, Brianna. <laughs> uh, two little quick updates for top of the show. First, listeners of last week's show will remember Christina and I talked about Twitter and whether or not that blue check would actually be going away for ever since... Uh, Twitter blue kind of rolled out. There's been this ongoing threat like Twitter blue subscribers get their paid for blue check and Elon Musk wants to remove that legacy blue check from news organizations and such. Uh, all of us journalists who got it through our organizations uh, because we are we may or may not be relevant are, are going to lose our blue checks unless we pay. Well, Christina and I made a bet that that would go through as planned on April 1st uh, and I lost that bet. I lost that bet, Brianna. 
I, I'm disappointed in you, but I also, like, I haven't gotten my $500 from Christina, and I just want to point out that we do have six Infinity uh, Gemstones. One oh. of these is the Time Gem, and I don't think you should pay Christina her $10 until she can prove uh, that the, the Time Gem is not going to reverse time and make it so Elon Musk actually managed to follow through on this. Christina and I did agree that the terms of the bet were that I would pay her, but uh, the the money could be refunded to me if they do actually someday take away the blue checks. So I, I consider this a sort of communal ten dollars that I'm I'm paying to her right now. You can see I've opened up Venmo. Christina, Twitter still hasn't taken my blue check. Um, RIP, whoop, I can't type, RIP, excellent, pay. So Christina's going to hold that. Um, there's no interest on this or anything. It's just a, a friendly little m- money exchange. <laughs> we, should, um, we should tell people where Christina is, by the way. Having a migraine. <laughs> she has a migraine. Uh, so she, she showed up to the show. She was, I got to tell you, I've never seen Christina like, Quiet, for lack of a better word. Yeah, yeah. So she was quiet, like, for five minutes straight while Simone was getting here. I'm like, oh, this is actually very serious. So so she's taking the week off. Yeah, it, it, and we, we, we are letting her rest in a dark room for tonight, um, as we all sometimes need to. My <laughs> second... Well, I I do have a little bit more to say on the Twitter thing. I I think it's a possible topic for a future week because a couple of the things that they've done have also been to, let's see, they took away the New York Times blue check, but then they also marked NPR as state-run media, quote-unquote. It's It's nice. So there's a lot going on there, but not for this week. It's not a topic for this week. My second quick update for the top of the show, also from last week, following up on a question that was raised. Yes, I do have mono. I got the results today. I have mono. Do you? It's oh, 2023. No. I am 32 years old and I have mono. Oh, no. Um, and that is <laughs> incredibly <kind> funny. <laughs> it's really embarrassing. Yeah. Wow. So if you've been listening to this show and thinking to yourself, wow, Simone's been coughing and seems kind of sick for like a month. Well, now we all know why. Apparently, I have mono. <laughs> so, you know, when I got mono, it was from making out with a guy at a, a party in high school. Um, yep. That's interesting, Brianna. Okay, I'm just, just sharing. Thank you for sharing your story that happened to you. Right. I didn't make out with any guys in high school, so okay. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do you want to talk about some <laughs> You shame uh, me. You come on no, my show I'm and you're sharing. This is this is what Rocket's about. It's about it's about community and guidance from Ampriana yep. and, and non-judgment for whatever you did in Italy. So which true. I'm not asking questions so about. <laughs> Wow, Tom Henderson at Insider Gaming is reporting uh, based on leaked documents that Sony is developing a new handheld device, and it is not a successor to the Vita, I guess. 
Big boo. Uh, it is allegedly codenamed Q-Lite, L-I-T-E, because video game handhelds or, or consoles in general are always going to be a little bit embarrassing. Uh, and uh, reportedly, it is designed to work with the PlayStation 5's remote play feature and stream games from that console over the internet. So remote play is not like... It's not like it's accessing games from the cloud. It's like those games are playing on your PlayStation console and then like going through the internet, through the cloud to your uh, other device. I usually use it on a PC if I want to like stream a PlayStation game to Discord and show it to my friends. But that game is on PlayStation. Example, Elden Ring. Um, it's a pretty cool feature, but uh, this is a handheld that would basically work with that. Uh, your PS5 is running the game. That would also mean the device, the handheld console, uh, would need an internet connection to run those games. Put a pin in that. Uh, reportedly, uh, it'll have an 8-inch LCD touchscreen, play games in 1080p at 60fps, and have adaptive triggers, uh, much like those on the PS5's DualSense controller. Henderson reports um, that it will be coming out between... and. <laughs> Here's some other news. Uh, another rumored uh, PS5 with a detachable disk drive that I, th I think um, Jeff Gerstman was the one who uh, reported on this potential leak. Again, a rumor. Um, so between when that would come out <coughs> and before late 2024. Again, no confirmation of this. I believe The Verge, as well as like Insider Gaming, reached out to see like, hey, Sony, is this actually happening? Um, and in true hardware developer fashion, Sony said absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, <coughs> so Simone. I know, I know. Just ignore it. It's fine. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt me. <laughs> um, and we're just going to have to. I'm so sorry that it must not be pleasant to listen to, but uh, you're there's nothing I can do to listen to. Thank you're, you. you're, you're delightful. I would rather listening to you coughing than a normal person not coughing. Nice. That's strong. And I have been <laughs> coughing way more than most normal people lately. Yes. So Worth I appreciate it. that. Worth All it. right, Brianna, what was your initial reaction to this news? I have like a bunch of like outstanding questions that I want to like talk about together. But what was your initial thought? Uh, so I have a I have a lot of thoughts about this. Um, I'm going to buy this if it does end up being real, uh, unlike Sony's VR headset. Um, hey. um, you know, I'm a really big Sony portable fan. Um, you know, their, uh, their first gen, the, uh, the PSP was one of my very favorite systems of all time. Uh, the successor to that, the Vita, um, we actually looked, uh, very deeply at developing games for it. Uh, the, uh, alternate, uh, like chipset inside of it, uh, made that something wasn't going to be financially feasible for us to do. But, um, like I was a really big fan of the Vita. I played a lot of things on there. Um, so like the thought of Sony bringing a, a real gaming, uh, experience out, uh, that's handheld, this seems like the most practical way to do it because the Vita like super failed in the United yeah. States. Um, I don't know if have you ever set up your your mobile phone or tried some of Sony's like streaming stuff before? Have you ever done that? 
I haven't done streaming on the phone. I've only done it from PS5 to PC. Sure. Um, I've done it. I think it's just absolutely smashing. I love it. Um, it, it, it really works much better than you would guess it would. Yeah. Um, there is a little bit of lag, and it's definitely, you can tell it's like a, a copy of a copy of your game as you're playing it, but it's, it's certainly usable. Um, so I think if I had something like this for games that didn't require like Twitch gameplay, like, um, you know, something that's like a, uh, um, a week on like Octopath Traveler two, I could really see myself playing yeah. something like that in bed with this. Yeah. I think I, to touch briefly on the Vita, I am a on the record Vita lover, uh, I had the Vita. Uh, I got it, I think, to play Tearaway when that came out because that used the some of the weird features that the Vita had that other ha- handheld consoles of similar generations didn't have. Like it had a touchpad on the back um, and it had a, a touchscreen on the front as well. Um, the software I didn't enjoy interacting with, but the hardware I always thought was great. So like I, I'm not concerned about Sony's like physical capabilities (coughs) to bring something like this to market because like i'm a ps5 user i've had only good thing only good experiences with that only good experiences with the ps4 and with the vita so a plus there where i get concerned is this the idea of it being remote play only and for the scenario that you described brie you're absolutely correct like it'd be perfect for that yeah i'm playing my video games in bed Uh, Because my PS5 is on sleep mode in the other room. And here I am in bed playing. um, Again, Elden Ring is the only thing I can think of. Octopath Traveler. You said the name of a game. That's great. I'm playing Octopath Traveler in bed. Delightful. Um, Kind of negates (coughs) a question you'd have of whether, like, you're going to buy something for PS5 or wait till it comes out on Switch, if that's the scenario. But the fact that it could not then, like, you couldn't say play it on a flight going uh, on a trip. It'd be potentially difficult to play in a car unless, I guess, you're tethered to your phone on the internet if you're on a car trip. You're the passenger in this scenario, to be clear. Um, There's just so many scenarios where people play mobile games, mostly in transit, um, or just, I don't know, go to a cafe or sit in the park, where the fact that it's remote play only feels to me like kind of a loss. I I definitely don't disagree with that at all i mean i think ideally all of us would love for sony to find a way to at the very least like have the ps4 like that level of accessibility right that would be Mm -hmm. ideal i just don't think that's that's feasible and you know like the way the industry is moving like the switch doesn't have like nintendo this generation doesn't have a game boy and then their their console it's one in the same so i just i i think it's the best bad decision that sony could make in this situation without some serious compromises but why when like the switch you can download games to the switch you can download games to the steam deck and i the steam deck i think is prohibitively expensive for a lot of people but you can like that there are so many options for consoles that let you download games um and play them without the internet connection well i think if you're limiting yourself to the ps4 generation i think Mm. you could probably i think you could probably squeeze down the sony experience to something that uh 
would be a little higher than the the Steam Deck, but yeah. you could work with. I think the problem that you would run into then is it would, if it were popular, it would really slow adoption of the PS5. I Even today, uh. when people are releasing games, uh, there are still dual releases for most of these games. They're not yeah. baking in the hardcore features uh, for the PS5. Like, they're you know developing a PS4 version, and then they're bumping up the graphics setting a little bit, and then yeah. calling that the PS5 version. So um, I think, it, look, I agree with you. That would be a product I would personally be more mm-hmm. interested in, um, especially because the remote play, it does have lag. I mean, um, people may not know this, but the uh, the Sony uh, PS3 catalog, uh, because this was on a Motorola, uh, what they called it, a motion processor at the time, um, it's really, really, really difficult to emulate. Mm. And for that reason, for a lot of the PS3 back catalog, you're not like downloading it locally and doing an emulation layer. It's actually doing it over the servers with Sony like service you play technology which Mm -hmm. is ass for fighting Ah. games it's terrible but it's fine for something like uncharted so um i don't know i think again it's not surprising they did this i just um i don't know how much of a market there's going to be for it yeah what do you think so i I was thinking about price points since that's something that came up in the verges right up of this uh because the person who wrote uh john porter who wrote up the this report for the verge was saying, like, okay, a, a, a $400 for a Steam Deck feels like overkill if you're just streaming games. Right. <coughs> or if, if it ended up being a stream, Steam Deck price. And I kind of landed on, like, it should, shouldn't should be more than $199, yeah. theoretically. Do you yeah. feel like that's solid? Yeah. I mean, look at what it's going to have inside of it. I mean, basically uh, enough processor to uh, download and process, uh, you know, encoded video from the uh, from the PS5 over a connection. You've got to have a Wi-Fi chip. Uh, you got to have a control and you've got to have a really good screen. screen. Uh, you know, all those things together. That good sounds screen. like a $200. You're thinking about Scream 6 still, huh? I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. I wanted to go see it tonight and couldn't. Uh, Aww. Uh, sorry. Go on. Uh, I know. It'll only be my sixth time to see it. Mm. Um, and Anyway, like, I I think that's really doable. Um, In fact, I think they could probably get it a little bit lower, which they're really going to need to do if, you know, there's not a, um, if you can't play games on it without a PS5. Yeah, like the lower they can get, the better. And obviously that's a a really reductive thing to say about hardware. Like, sure, yeah, if a PS5 were $2, of course I'd buy 50 of them. But I, I do think for something like this that is that has this one huge limitation, yeah, you're going to want that to be as low as possible. I mean, because you're not getting anything here. I mean, I would get this because it's baseball season and my husband yeah. monopolizes the television for vast yeah. hours at a time. So uh, this is something I could really, 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 really use right now mm-hmm. as I'm slogging through Resident Evil 4 Remake. Oh, yes. That is an another excellent use case scenario. I I feel like baseball fans are really coming out of the woodwork this year. I don't know if I just like never maybe it's because I'm in the sports Slack channel at work now, but oh my god, everyone is watching freaking baseball. Has this ever happened before? Uh, is this the first yes. baseball season? <laughs> I'm in Boston, Simone. Oh, so I'm so sorry. I, I forgot your might, culture. I think this might be you. Uh one final thought on this. Do we think there would be any crossplay capabilities 
Uh, this is something that was also brought up in uh, John Porter's Verge piece. Uh, he pointed out that the Pulse 3D headset from Sony and um, some gaming monitors are cross-platform, so there is the potential, maybe. But given how, like, the PS5 is firmly on the, like, we don't play nice with others, like, with very few exceptions uh, list for Sony. So, (coughs) obviously, if there were the ability to, like, cloud stream games from, say, a a PC or Xbox, that'd be sick. I personally don't find that very likely. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think think you must be new here. If you think that's a possibility. Oh, my God. All right. Well, okay. So we are on team. Bree, you are team. If it exists and is the right price point, you will purchase it. Definitely. I am team. um, Not for me, just because, like, I'm a very specific use case. I also have a Switch and I have a Steam Deck. So for me... I think simply, if I wanted to play something uh, portably... I have a couple other platforms that I would look at before doing remote play. So that's, I think, where I fall on it. But I mean, yeah, it's not not a bad idea. And I like handhelds. I'm a handheld fan, but it's just not for me. Theoretically, I think more portability just as a general principle. I think there there's very like the success of the switch and the steam deck shows there's clearly a market for it. And it just it it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, get in there, Sony. Try to have your slice of the pie. It's delicious. (laughs) This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, services, and even the content that you create. Squarespace has got you covered. With Squarespace, you can sell your products in an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools that you need to start selling online. Maybe you got some cool art or or knitting. I'm thinking of things that I'm interested in. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe you have like a, maybe you're a handyman or handy folk, a handy person and you are selling your packages of services of handiness online, you can use a Squarespace website for that, I imagine. That's kind of both a digital and a physical product, all in one. Uh, You could also use insights to grow your business. If you've ever wondered where your site visits and sales are coming from and which advertising channels are most effective, you can analyze all of that in Squarespace. And once you've got that data, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. And then along the way, you can get stuck in with SEO tools. You can use the suite of integrated features and useful guides uh, that Squarespace has that help maximize prominence among search results. You can build a powerhouse website of handy personness and become the handiest person in your burg or villa. Uh, (laughs) Squarespace is honestly, it's a great service. It's a really fun product to use. I've always found it very satisfying to build my little corner of online. Um, and all of these new tools that they've added are really amazing and helping people just like build their businesses, build their little small businesses into big small businesses and even giant massive businesses potentially. 
um, by having complete control over your, your space online. So head to squarespace.com slash rocket for a free trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code rocket to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That is squarespace.com slash rocket. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for us here at Rocket. Thank you, Squarespace, for your support of this show and all of Relay FM. How many years have they been a partner with us? A I mean, million. It's be, yeah. They're all awesome. of them. All, yeah. All the entire time the show has been on. Really, really good. All right. Speaking of really, really bad. Oh, <laughs> I'm switching it up on you. We're talking about bad things now. Um, Brian Hood, a regional mayor of Hepburnshire in Australia is the person who is threatening to file a first defamation lawsuit against ChatGPT creator OpenAI uh, after ChatGPT served false claims that Brian Hood had served time in prison for bribery. And Hood is not the only person who has been (coughs) defamed by the AI. Um, As we've talked about previously on this show, AI uh, chatbots and search engines that you you can chat with have kind of a a, a childish mentality of they want to give you an answer. And if they don't have the answer, they will confidently invent an answer. Um, And other than disclaimers that, of course, all of the creators of these uh, programs have added, there's not really a good way to correct that other than to just keep digging into the claims. Um, And some of these claims can also include fake citations of real uh, veritable uh, websites. Example of this uh, is Eugene Volokh, a law professor at the University of California, uh, recently did a study asking ChatGPT whether sexual harassment by professors has been a problem at American law schools. Uh, He asked the program to give him five examples with citations of relevant newspaper articles, quote unquote, um, and it provided five uh, examples as asked, uh, three of which appeared to be false and which cited articles that didn't exist from real outlets like Los Angeles Times, um, the Washington Post, and the Miami Herald. A law professor uh, called Jonathan Turley was among those named um, and he wrote about this in USA Today because the chat GPT invented not only the sexual harassment claim, but also the circumstances in which it had happened. It invented that he had been a professor at Georgetown and that he was on a trip to Alaska, neither of which things were true. Um, and when <coughs> when the Washington Post tried to recreate this with ChatGPT, uh, they were told the, or the AI was like, I can't disclose that information but by then bing's chat gpt4 had picked it up um because it had been written about by turley in usa today and it cited turley's article about the false claims at as a citation that this false sexual harassment had happened ah that sounds like a potential mess uh on the legal side just to briefly wrap up my summary uh one of the i think outstanding questions in this case of people trying to hold ChatGPT accountable for the things that it says are that there's a question of whether or not Section 230, which dictates that uh, online services are not liable for content that is posted or 
on their sites by third parties like commenters or uh, users of social media. Um, it's not clear whether or not that applies to AI in this case. And that is my full wrap up of this uh, messy, messy little topic. Bree, what do you make of this entire, I guess, a, a burgeoning situation, shall we say? So I'm really glad that this lawsuit is going forward and that we are adjudicating these things early. Um, I'm on record of thinking Bing is a really, really, really good product that is extremely impressive technically. At the same time, um, I've used it enough to have some extreme concerns about this exact kind of issue uh, that we're talking about with hallucination. Let me give you uh, a really good example. Um, so I was talking to it about pinball rules the other day. Yeah. And this is something that um, uh, uh, you know, chat GPT-like technology should be able to do really, really well, right? Um, it's like looking at something and figuring out the... Um, like an analysis of the rule set and understanding the correlations and all of that. So I started asking it to explain to me the basic rules for uh, for Twilight Zone, which is a game I own. And um, then I ask it about another machine, which is Alien. And I start really drilling down and asking it to explain the rules to me. And this is, I want to stress, this is something I know very, very well. But I could see the way that it was like mixing these answers together mm. in a way that was just leading to saying stuff that's just wildly crazy, just bananas false. Um, I can also say in like trying to write some funny intros to this show, yeah. um, I've had being right quite a few things about you and Christina. Um, I'm not going to say who, but for one of these, it's getting you mixed up with uh, an adult actress. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That led to some very interesting output there. So I think that, like, when it really comes down to it, I think chat GPT-like technology is going to be really, really good for doing creative content. I'm not really sold that it's going to be an answer for search long-term because it's really, like... I've used this quite a bit, and the hallucination problem seems to really be baked into the technology. Does, does that kind of make sense to you? It it absolutely makes sense. And I think, like, I've always been kind of the resident skeptic on this show. Um, but that being said, like, I... I there, there have been, there's been this like open letter or petition or whatever being passed around. That's like, stop development on AI technology until we figure out what's wrong with it. And I'm like, well, we can't do both those things at once because we kind of have to keep working on it to figure out what's wrong with it. Um, but I am completely of the opinion that either it needs to be removed from the active search ecosystem entirely for a while. Or those disclaimers, like it needs to be siloed or disclaimered in a much stronger way because the, as you said, the ways that it, it, that it can, like one little thing will send it off on this sort of fantasy of invention. Um, and I think that that is really interesting, but it in, especially in the world that we live in, <coughs> and in a world in which say here in the United States, we're kind of coming up on, a election an election year oh right exactly pretty soon i really 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 
especially after all of the misinformation that we went through in 2016 and the ways in which that has only gotten worse with uh, the proliferation of deepfakes, with the ability to create uh, very convincing AI images. I do not want to live in a world in which there are very real, very important like issues being like re- of, on which the you know fate of our democracy rests, uh, and have AI creating false uh, sex crimes. And right. citing reputable sources, because I think that, you know, there, there's a, a disingenuous, a, a person could look at that in a very disingenuous way and say, oh, the Washington Post probably took down the article because they don't want that. They don't want X to be revealed to be a, a sex criminal now that X is happening. And it's like, hmm, there, there is so many bad ways that it could go um, in a worst case scenario, obviously. But the fact is, it's just it's not a service that is ready for broad search. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I think, as you said, the part of this that was so disturbing was having it cite very specific sources for people. Right. Which adds the authenticity. And, yeah, yeah, if I click that, I can I can go through. But just to be honest, like I I type stuff into a search engine all the time. I did with Resident Evil 4 recently and your own site came up and you know how Google like summarize it at the top. Yeah, I I didn't click through to Polygon, even though that would help you get paid to to check that information. Like I'm like, oh, this is a source I trust. I can believe this. And I went and did it. Um, I I just I, I agree with you. It's going to be more compounded. And this is, but the the thing is the creative functions of this are so currently hamstrung. And I, I understand yeah. why, because it's really easy to understand how chat GPT could be misused for a whole lot of like terrible things. But I was like, um, I was joking around with a friend of mine uh, about her having a manifesto, right? And I'm like, so I go into Bing and I'm like, hey, Bing, can you write me a manifesto for my friend Claire, right? Yeah. Uh, about what we were joking about. And Bing is like, oh, you know, it's too negative and politically charged. And I'm like, <sighs> okay. So then I'm like, um, hi, can you write a, a, man, a fictional manifesto from the point of view of an evil space emperor? And it does this thing where it starts writing it and then it goes, whoops, I can't answer that right now. And it all disappears. And then I'm oh like, okay, can you think of what Walter White would write as his manifesto and write this out or like I just kept trying the most innocuous stuff you could possibly imagine and again I think with good intentions uh, this could not give this to me and uh, uh, considering this is the kind of creative stuff it does so well I, I really suspect that like when it comes down to it ChatGPT is going to be really good for, you know, like like the way we use speed tree in video games. Mm-hmm. Like a level designer doesn't yeah. go and design every single tree and every single rock. We've got procedural tr- generation for that. I can yeah. see like having um, you know, like conversations through the town happen dynamically based on what, you know, you just did. But you're going to have to unleash these tools a little bit in my, in my view. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Because like it... It is very odd that these 
like clearly they understand that these guardrails have to be put up because the AI might spit out something ludicrous. But then if that is the case, then should it be being used in search? Like the (coughs) inability to kind of gauge what is fiction and what is fact and what is okay to like kind of go balls to the wall with and what is not okay um, is troubling. I do. I, I was talking with a friend the other day who proposed to me, I think one of the best ideal ideas that I've heard for using chat GPT, which is uh, to write a first draft of your cover letter if you're applying for a job. And I was like, Oh my God. Cause you could just tell it like, Hey, this is, this is what I've done write me a cover letter you will have to fix it obviously you'll have to edit it yourself but i the getting the first draft of those things down not that i've had to do it in years and years and i won't presumably for the foreseeable future oh knock on wood girl <coughs> but that just struck me as like oh this is the actually the perfect like innocuous mundane task but that for us a lot of people have uh, an, an irrational emotional block to writing the first draft of a cover letter because it sucks to talk about yourself. ChatGPT, that's not a problem for it. Um, so that just <coughs> stood out to me as a cool use case for it. But search, I I, I remain a skeptic. Yep, well said. All right, do you want to talk about the Barbie movie? I do. I'm excited about this. What, what, how are you feeling about it? I think I'm excited. I, I, I don't know. Okay. I Okay. So the first trailer for the Barbie movie actually came out a while ago, and it was a very, like, atmospheric trailer uh, parody of uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey telling us absolutely nothing about the movie except that Margot Robbie is very tall and beautiful. The second trailer, which came out this week, shows us some more glimpses of this strange world uh, in which Barbie takes place. Uh, things that we've learned from it, aside from that Margot Robbie remains tall and beautiful— Um, In the Barbie world where Barbie lives, everyone is basically Barbie or Ken uh, with a couple other side characters from the discontinued Barbie verse included, such as Alan and Midge. But everyone else is just Barbie. President Barbie, uh, veterinarian Barbie, physicist Barbie, 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 so many Barbies. And we also glean from it that somehow part of the plot will involve Barbie and Ken going to the real world, our world. Um, And everything other than that looks like an absolute fever dream. And I have no idea what is going on other than that it is very aesthetically just like delightful, a delight and has a lot of really fun like costuming and color references to the toys like one of the outfits that uh, Barbie wears, I think, in one of the posters, Margot Robbie, Bobby, Barbie, to be clear, <laughs> not any of the other 50 Barbies. Um, it's like her original 1950, you know, striped, like strapless. I think it's a swimsuit. Um, and uh, same with Michael Sarah as Alan. His outfit is the same that the original doll Alan wore. Um, and then the like, sets look just perfectly like uh, Barbie accessories, toys that you would buy. So there, there is some fun stuff there. I do, there, there is the absolute potential for this to be a complete trash fire, though, I have to say. How do you feel, oh, Brianna? Yeah. No, well, I think, here's where I'm really torn. Because Margaret Robbie, don't miss. Margaret Robbie, 
don't miss. Margot she don't Robbie. miss, but the public don't come to see her movies. Uh, well, I, that's fair. That's fair. Oh, that's so sad. It I, is. Yeah, Babylon wasn't really her fault, though. That was Not at the all. editing of that. That was a good two-hour movie trapped in a four-hour movie. Oh, God. Um, oh, God. But, I mean, overall, she does really interesting projects and chooses interesting characters. Like, I've, I've never walked away from a Margot Robbie movie and, and like, regretted showing up for that. I mm-hmm. think with Barbie, one of the things is like, are they making a children's movie? Because I can't really tell from the trailer. Like everything there is plausibly for children. Um, like the Sonic movie was something you could take children to, but it was still enjoyable for me as an adult. So is there like a layer of, I don't want to say darkness, but interesting? Like, are they doing something else with the concept to to make it more interesting? We don't really know from the, from the plot here. So um, I, I guess that's kind of where I am. Like, uh, I'm going to wait for buzz to happen and take it from there. That is a really good question. Yeah, it it is tough to say. I would lean towards it being an adult comedy. I think because usually I think in movies that do appeal to kids, there is like a kid touchstone, at least like Sonic, even though all the other characters in that movie are adults um, and there's adult romances and stuff like Sonic is the kid touchstone that does kid stuff. And I, we haven't seen any evidence of that in this one. And that, but, but, but you're right that it is not necessarily clear. Um, so question mark. I don't think Ryan Gosling really embodies Ken in the way that I think he should look. I don't think he looks the part from the from the trailer. He just doesn't have the vibe that I'm looking for. Um, I think from the trailer number two, like Asian Ken, I think he, he comes across as a much more interesting version of Ken to me. I This Ken, like Margot Robbie just looks like Barbie. Like she's what like you look at, you're like, yeah, that casting obviously makes sense to me. I, I just, I look at Ryan Gosling and I, I'm sorry, I, I don't think he's handsome enough. And I, wow. I don't think he has the, I just don't think he has the vibe that I, I The I Ken think vibe. Of. Yeah. Can you describe your ideal Ken vibe for me? Um, Not to put you on the spot. No, I don't know I that you've spent a lot of your time spot. thinking about Ken. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't. Um, someone else. I, All right. Pass. 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 I the fifth. Yeah, I, I could go kind of both ways on this. I'm sorry to be a Libra. Um, I think he's <laughs> very funny. I think he's an extremely good comedic yeah. actor. I think you're right that there is something um, in his face, perhaps, that is is reading less like doll-like to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't I don't I don't want to say it's funny forehead wrinkles as a forehead wrinkle possessor (laughs) i can't judge anyone for those but he did read i think meaningfully older to me than some of the other characters yeah um and i i i shouldn't even mention i shouldn't even mention that because ageism is such an issue in hollywood and he's only 42 years old which my boss uh would tell me uh, is perfectly okay for me to date, and I'm not too young for him. She yelled at me 
because I said I was too young for Fernando Alonso in a meeting the other day. And she was like, how old do you think you are? Do you think you're 25? You're 32. And I was like, you're right, Tara. I'm not too young for a 40-year-old man anymore. I'm not too young anymore. I'm just a normal adult. No, that's good because 40-year-old dudes finally have their together. So this is I mean, one can hope. Yeah. Well, but does does Ken? We don't know. Um, I I just don't think he looks like Ken. And um, yeah, I just don't. Um, I had another thought about this and I'm trying now to remember what it was. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, okay. Ryan Gosling, I feel I'm ready to embrace through the performance, through the length of the movie, whatever the length may be. I hope it's not too long uh, that he is Ken. The thing that actually is my biggest concern with it is how many celebrities, how big the cast is. Because I, I feel like uh, there is something about the fact, like that huge long list of names. Everyone is in Everyone this. is in yes. this freaking movie. And I don't doubt that all of these people are going to do a really good job. But there is something about all of the extremely, extremely high profile or like niche beloved names in a big list that makes me go oh this is this is not going to be a movie that's going to ask me to believe in the world of it and like be transported at the movies this is a movie that is going to ask me to enjoy watching celebrities be in a barbie movie and that those are two quite different things to me maybe not necessarily bad because like it's a barbie movie i i don't imagine it's going to ask us to take anything very seriously and that's not a bad thing at all but it kind of has a different tone and one that I'm that kind of puts my back up a bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, 100%. Um, yeah, because they're not coming forward with the, the concept, right? Like Sonic did it, Mario did it. It, it just, it, it, I really see what you're saying. It's like they're trying to sell us on this epic cat, uh, cast list. And it's like, you know what other movie did that? Cats. And that didn't turn out good. Yikes. Um, I, I do. Oh, God, like, you're right. I, I do like, though, that, like, I. this just a side note. I hope this doesn't, like, conservative discourse, like, swallow the entire movie. But I love that they have, like, a, a trans girl, like, in yeah. Barbie, too. That's awesome. Um, so I think, like, some of that stuff to kind of, you know, widen out the idea of Barbie, which has very correctly, I think, been critiqued mm-hmm. for being like a, a 50s uh, a 50s uh, poster, right? Um, yeah. To kind of get a little bit more diversity there, like race-wise and gender-wise. I mean, I think, uh, I think it's very meaningful to have like an Asian Ken as a, a primary character. You don't see like Asian men um, represented as um, l- like a leading man you should pine for. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's very as often like the, the love the, rival. Uh, I mean, look, yeah, I'm married to Frank, so I've got yeah. strong opinions on this. Uh, but um, yeah, so I think that that flavor can do it. But I also agree that they can't just have this be like a parade of celebrities being Barbie. That's going to get really old really quickly. Yes. Uh, yes. To your point. Yeah. Hari Neff uh, plays Barbie. Uh, The poster says this Barbie is a doctor. Uh, And she actually wrote a really lovely letter about how, like, 
initially when she was cast in the movie, her schedule wouldn't allow her to be in it. And she wrote a letter to Greta Gerwig, Greta Gerwig, the director, saying, like, this is so incredibly it is so incredibly important to me that there be a trans woman represented as Barbie. Um, And they were able to make it work and put her in the movie. So that is super cool. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Along with 50 thousand other actors <laughs> and i mean it'll be, maybe this honestly we because of how little we know about the movie that whole sequence in barbie world could honestly be like the first 20 minutes and then we never see these people again so yeah. i should i'm i'm not ju- i'm not saying it all oh i'd be garbage based on that it's just a thing that stood out to me it's a valid worry it's a valid worry yeah Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we will see it and we will discuss it when it comes out. I promise. Brianna, what are you doing this week? I am recuperating. (laughs) I'm recuperating from Wisconsin and I'm prepping some polls um, um, to uh, basically find some things out about uh, 2024. Heck yeah. I am recuperating. (laughs) I am so happy to finally have an answer to why I feel like crap every time I try to do something. Uh, but oh. more importantly, I'm going to see the Mario movie on Friday. I'm seeing a movie in theaters when it's coming out. Brianna, are you proud? Uh, I think you should go see Scream instead, but I will take it. Okay. I saw John Wick 4. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Can you believe it? This is it's a new leaf from Simone and I'm into it. I'm changing. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see Mario. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it on the show, uh, whether or not you and Christina see it. Because um, it is the Mario movie. Um, I, I have I heard find mixed time things. to see it this weekend. I, I don't even want to hear the negative reviews from these people. Like, just shut up. This is going to be great. Shut up. I Go back to film class and write me a dissertation, you nerd. This is going to be great. Ask ChatGPT to write a, a film dissertation. There we go. Brianna, where can we find you online? Find me on uh, Brianna Wu on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter and everywhere else at Doom Quasar. And I believe we can also find you at Brianna Wu at Mastodon.social. Is this not the That's case? That's it. That's it. Christina is film underscore girl everywhere, including Mastodon.social. You, if you are a boosty, a boosty, booster subscriber, a boosty as we call them, are about to hear a bonus segment about... Quibi, a topic of conversation in this year of our Lord, 2023. If you want to learn more about that process and how you can support our show directly, you can head to relay.fm slash membership. And thank you so much to everyone who has signed up. Uh, I also appreciate everyone who has left a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Those are the best ways to help other people find the show and give it a listen. Uh, Find out my opinions on... uh, chat gpt and then uh yell at me online no nobody actually does that because everyone loves me um even though i'm diseased and shouldn't be allowed in polite society anymore Uh, everybody loves me on twitter too yes i this has always been the case i've always said that about you it's always been brianna Wu, it's notoriously beloved on twitter yeah it's great that's the great thing about elon musk's platform is that it is non-stop positivity as symbolized by the doge meme <laughs> that he has re- replaced the logo of twitter with uh, to distract from the lawsuit that he is in over dogecoin what who said that um 
Thanks, everyone who reviewed the show. We love you. We'll be back with you next week with more uh, extremely hard-hitting tech news from us. Thank you so much. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 <laughs>